Well, good morning, Cam. How's it going this morning, sir? Uh, it's going. How are you? I'm doing well. I should say, I should say, I'm very happy to be here. Life is going. I am happy to be here. There are two separate scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't take it the wrong way. Good man. Like, dang it. Cam doesn't like hanging out with me anymore. <laughs> I do. I do. All right. Well, I have a uh, co-host in the studio with me this morning. Hopefully he'll he'll be quiet. Already? Yeah. You've you've you've, you've bored of me and you've brought in a, a third party? <laughs> no, he's paying penance for uh for something that happened last night. So my my cat Schrodinger <laughs> forgot that was his name. <laughs> Pause for a laugh. <laughs> so I was sitting sitting on the bed last night. We were getting ready for bed. And he hopped up on my lap and, you know, it's not uncommon because I've got treats for him in our nightstand there. And uh, so he hops, hops up on my lap and, and kind of does a misstep and falls off my lap. So I thought, you know, I'll, uh, I'll help him get back up on my lap. Well, I don't exactly know what happened, but he gets, he gets skittish every once in a while. And when he gets skittish, he's a 15 pound cat. So he's got a little bit of weight behind him. Yeah, he's a big boy. And he's got razor sharp claws on his rear on his rear paws. We trim his front paws, but his rear paws are sharp. And as somehow, and I'm assuming this is part of the reason that he freaked out on me, I think my thumb might have ended up in his mouth when I reached down to pick him up. <laughs> so I have these huge scratches going up the outside of my hand. Oh no. I have a scratch on the back of my hand, a couple on my wrist and one kind of in the bottom of the palm of my hand. And no joke. I, this is why I think my, my thumb was in his mouth somehow, which is why he freaked out. He bit my thumb. He, he's never bitten me like this before, just for the record. And I'm not joking. And, um, if my wife is listening to this, uh, just uh, like skip, skip ahead like ten seconds or whatever. The I I'm pretty certain that he cut he like bit me all the way down to the bone. Ugh, because it it hurt. I don't blame him for it. He's you know he doesn't do this. It's it's not like he was he's freaking out. He he went into fight or flight mode and he just the claws came out and the teeth came out and he was. He was defending himself because he was either uncomfortable or he was freaking out about something. I, I don't blame him for it, but, uh, but man, he tore me up something good. So my wife, uh, then came down to the bathroom with me where we have our first aid kit and proceeded to treat each and every one of the wounds I have and then cover them all. So. I uncovered most of them this morning just to let them breathe, but um, good grief, this kid. <laughs> I love him, but I'll tell you what, he, uh, he, he messed me up pretty good last night. So I had a similar incident with a hamster when I was like 13 years old, mm -hmm. and it was a dwarf hamster that we named Doc because we were clever, and um, uh, I put my hand into to pet this hamster and he 
bit my finger with his giant fangs and um i pulled my hand out of the cage and like whipped it like from like my back to my front and back to my front like saying like ow not realizing that he was still attached to my finger so i'm like you know waving my hand in the air like i'm doing like the atlanta braves chop sort of deal (laughs) and he finally lets go and flies across the room and like lands on the whiteboard we had and just slid down the whiteboard of the tray (laughs) with the marker in it and somehow survived oh no it was like an eight foot flight you know these dwarf (laughs) hamsters are like four inches long right yeah so from then on i only ever picked him up when i had my dad's giant leather like you know woodworking gloves on oh yeah yeah. i mean you've got to keep in mind they've got instincts that you Uh know they they feel threatened they will you know they will uh attack if they're if they need to but and now i have no animals so i've learned my lesson mitch Well, I got I got the cats. Oh man, this is he's the fourth of the four cats that I that uh, we've uh, adopted. And the first two that I had, we, I got back when I was living up in the Twin Cities. I think it was in '99. Um, I've got the first two cats, and he uh, or those those two cats I originally got because I was dealing with some. Uh, well, we, they called it manic depression back then. It was, they kind of pulled it into bipolar now, but. But I was dealing with some of that depression and stuff like that, um, living up in the Twin Cities. And being alone in an apartment is not a good thing for that. True. I got I got the cats because, you know, it was and I want to call them my therapy cats or my service animals. But they they helped me to just kind of have something to come home to, have something that kind of put a smile on my face when I was feeling down and, you know, stuff like that. So. So, yeah. And that's what happened last night, and that's why my hand is all bandaged up this morning. I thought about sending you pictures, but I didn't want to gross you out. Yeah, I don't, I don't gross out for that sort of stuff. Well, maybe later. I'm not going to do it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a question, and this is uh, this is outside of a little bit of what we normally talk about uh, on the podcast. But uh, WWE is doing something this weekend with the Thunderdome. What did you think? You said you. <laughs> Right. You saw that last night. I just saw a clip on YouTube this morning. Uh, what did you think? Well, to be fair, I have not watched SmackDown since the last pay-per-view. I just haven't. Okay. Um, so this was my first uh, view of bald Braun Strowman, which, you know what, mm-hmm. Braun? Good job for finally embracing the fact that you were bald. You just yeah. owned up to it, man. Good job. Uh, I thought the set was awesome. I thought it was really cool. Um. The fact that they had their full, like, you know, uh, like the Megatron, you know, entrance way, and it was mm-hmm. a new one. I had heard tell that there was going to be different camera angles and stuff. I don't remember seeing a single different camera angle. Um, but I wasn't paying super close attention to that. Uh, but the set I thought was awesome. I thought the LED boards and the stands, I was like expecting, like, I've been watching a lot of soccer, and in the MLS is back tournament, and then the European games, they just generally have like one giant LED that shows like nine or 12 or 16 fans at, at a time. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I, ex- what I expected for Thunderdome. But they literally, <clears throat> they literally had just rows and rows and rows of, LEDs stretching the entire width of the camera angle full of people. And I thought it looked awesome. And it was, it, it they were all live too. It was like a huge zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, some of the, obviously you can't control the video quality of, you know, some of the people's right. webcams. Right. But who cares? I just, does it replace live fans? No, not at all. But, uh, 
compared to the performance center shows they've been doing, it was like, Oh, I kind of forgotten what a live show in a big arena looked like. Um, and then the cool thing is like they had the entrance graphics and stuff on those LED boards too during sure. you know the entrance. So I just I mean, why not try it? I mean the rumors are that they paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the Amway Center to rent it out for all of this stuff. But yeah. this is only it's only going for SmackDown last night, SummerSlam Sunday, and then Raw on Monday, and then I think they're going back to normal stuff. Right. So yeah. hundred and fifty grand a show is man. That's expensive. But what's exciting about that, other than the visuals, is that it put people to work that haven't been working since March. All of the yeah. the live event crews that that put the stuff together and clean the arenas and like all of that, like they haven't had work. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And do you know much about the the technology that they were using? I'm and not like the app that they were using. I don't care about that. But um can the can the guys that are in like on the video boards can they see from that vantage point or are they just seeing what's on the TV? They're I my assumption is they're just seeing what's on the TV because otherwise they would have to have an individual camera or like four or five cameras per row showing yeah. from a similar vantage point. So I just imagine they were watching the camera feed that went to TV. But I also don't know was it a live show last night or was it pre taped? It was supposed to be live. Oh, okay. I assumed. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the thing, um, the thing I read said that the people that were in the stands got a sneak peek on um, Thursday mm-hmm. night. But okay, so the show yeah. was live. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 uh that computes. Yeah. So very interesting. And and part of the reason that I wanted to talk about this morning is that as we've got sports coming back, there's been some novel ideas. And I think WWE has really been uh, kind of pushing the envelope on how to handle, I mean, out of necessity, of course, but but how to handle this COVID issue where they can't have a live audience and stuff like that. So I think really they've been kind of pioneering the way for a lot of the other sports as as sports are coming back now so it'll be interesting to see how how that changes over the course of uh the next few months as football comes back and uh stuff well, like that so half of college football comes back i didn't say college football oh that's that's the only football that matters mitch okay you can feel the way you want to <laughs> opinions are like armpits right I'm glad you went with that body part. <laughs> yes, I realize there's another saying. It's kind of an evergreen topic for us in the follow-up, uh, iOS 14. Anything new that uh, that you've had issues with or anything like that? Yeah, on public beta 4, uh, I ran into an issue where OmniFocus just broke. Okay. And it would not allow me to submit new tasks, which is uh, a bummer. Um, so I submitted a report because when, when it crashes, there's a little, you know, modal dialogue box that pops up and it's like, hey, do you want to send a report? Do you want to, you know, not send a report? And I was like, well, this has happened like three times in a row. I'll send a report. And then like two or three days later, I got a uh, a response from one of their support people. And he was like, hey, this is an issue with iOS 14. Apple changed some system, whatever. Um, current, you know, iOS 13 version of OmniFocus is not going to work. Here's a link to the test flight if you want to use the the beta that's working on iOS 14. So it's like, heck yes. 
So I signed up for the test flight and now I have OmniFocus that works on my phone. So that was really cool. Yeah, I did not run into that issue. Really? Yeah. I wonder if that's something that's specific to the 11. I don't know why the code would be different. Yeah, that's interesting that you haven't run into any issues with OmniFocus and I have because he said it was like like a system... Um, level thing that Apple changed in iOS 14 that was causing the crash. Okay, so how do you um, put in new uh, new entries? So in that case, I was... Uh, let me pull it up so I can tell you exactly. I want to try and duplicate the problem. That's that's why that's why I, asked. I was I was inside one of my perspectives that I it's a perspective that's filtered by a tag. Okay. Um. And it was for uh, the youth group that I run. I was trying to enter in some tasks related to that. And so I clicked the plus icon in the bottom left corner, the little circle. Okay, the little circle one. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and my sheet comes as, up just fine. Yeah, and then as soon as I tapped in the, like, you know, the, what the name of the task is, then it would crash. Okay. So we'll put test. Task. I'll try and add a tag to it. Yeah, everything's working just fine for me. Well, isn't that special? Hmm. Save. Yeah, that worked just fine. Uh, well, so that's at any rate, you know, I'm sure you're not the only one that's had the issue. So, no, yeah, I doubt it. But. Well, I'm in technically I'm in beta five now, so maybe that's something that that uh, has been fixed. So, yeah, I have, but, I have updated to five as well. I did it last night, I believe. Hmm. Um, did you get the bug where, like, if you were using the share sheet for texting or anything in the keyboard, that the keyboard would just suddenly, like, disappear? That did happen a few times. It wasn't always in the share sheet, though. It happened it in seems, other, other spots, too. Yeah, it seems to be in places where um, it's popping up like an overlay, if that makes sense. Yeah, it happened to me when I was trying to write an email. Yeah. Because the the one, like, if I would go into the Messages app, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. But if I, like, you text me and I and I long pressed on your text and it popped up the the overlay to to do just like your quick reply, mm-hmm. it would it would do it in that. Like it would suddenly, yeah. like, I would type 10, 10 characters and it would just, the keyboard mm-hmm. would just disappear. Very frustrating. Yeah, or I would take a picture and go in through the share sheet to share it. Um, this happened a bunch with my my boss at work because I I take a lot of pictures to send to him for different things, and I would uh, take a picture and just start typing the message out, and all of a sudden the keyboard would just disappear. And I was actually in the camera doing that uh, on through the share sheet. So. But if I saved the photo and then I went into messages and send it to him through messages, then it didn't didn't uh, it didn't do that. So, yeah. But supposedly that's fixed in beta five. I have not uh, I have not tested that or um, noticed whether it's working or not. So I can't really speak to it. Um, the one thing that I haven't been able to test yet mm-hmm. that I was really excited about was the automatic device switching for your AirPods. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, if that is that available yet. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, it's because um, I mean, it's an iOS 14 feature. I know I know spatial audio is not yet. 
but I was under the impression that automatic device switching was baked into iOS 14. I'm trying to remember which podcast it was that I was listening to this last week. I think it was either Upgrade or Connected, where they were talking about uh, the spatial audio. And how it might have been MacBreak, too. I don't remember. But uh, but they talked like it was something that wasn't coming until the full release. That it wasn't going to be in the betas. Well, I'm reading an article on Mac Rumors right now. Um, and it says, right now, you can swap quickly, but you have to check this. This is automatic device switching requires an iCloud account, and it works on iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, yada, 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 with the latest software version installed. Automatic switching works with AirPods Pro and the second-gen AirPods. It also works with PowerBeats. So, I mean, it's saying it works. Yeah. But I uh, have yet to get it to to work, and I have the AirPods Pro. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to keep uh, we'll have to try try that out. I don't think I have enough devices on the betas to to do that though. Yeah, I'm just trying to go from my iPad to my iPhone. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit uh, off the podcast about the mask wearing out in public. I know in Wisconsin here, it's now a uh, a statewide mandate that you have to wear a mask. Is that the the case in Illinois? Uh, yeah, when you're in places where you can't properly social distance, so pretty much any store you go into in, in the schools, which, you know, won't be open for very long. I don't think so either. We had one school here closed down within two days because three staff got COVID, not because any students did. Yeah, and, you know, we're we're dealing with the same thing up here where, like, the minute they there's a COVID case in the in the district – all the schools are shutting down and going virtual. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, they're, they're not going to be back in school for very long. But um, the lady that I work with at work, it's her and I that basically run the receiving department. She has uh, two or three kids. Her kids are supposed to be going back to school. And she just about uh, died last year trying to homeschool these kids. <laughs> So, you know, she is hoping, she's hoping that the schools stay in session for a little longer, but, uh, she, she's not holding out hope. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, um, so how do you feel about masks? Do you, do you wear them in public happily or, you know, what, what is your feeling on that? I I wear them because it's the right thing to do and it's the smart Mm -hmm. thing to do. Uh, I'm not, I don't like them, but that doesn't matter that I don't like them it's the right thing to do to protect me and my family and the other people around me that I may not know. But in order to do the right thing, sometimes that means you have to have a little bit of uncomfort and whoop de doo It's just a mask. Mm-hmm. They're not coming for my freedom and my rights. Right. They want to prevent more people from getting sick and they want to preserve public health. That's the right thing to do. So I I struggle with people that want to politicize this and make it a bigger issue than it is. Yeah. And and I hear it up here all the time. Um, You being closer to Chicago, do you hear a lot of, do you have a lot of the people around there that refuse? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm yes. The, where I live. Oh boy. Um, There are a lot of very conservative people. Okay. In, so the the city that I live in is like 
it's Kankakee, Illinois, but it's it's pretty much there's also Bradley and Bourbon, Illinois. So three towns kind of crashed into one like mini metroplex. Like we are a self-sustained uh, county outside of Chicago, right? We have our urban core. We have our, you know, our business and, and um, industrial and commercial. And then we have like Bradley and Bourbon, which like the bedroom communities to the city. So like we're mm-hmm. our own self-contained like cultural organism for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um and within that, you're obviously you're going to have, you know, your city folks and your suburban folks and your country folk that are going to have different political views on things based on where they grew up, how they grew up, you know, that sort of stuff. And there is not a shortage of very conservative people that live here that um, fill their lawns with pol- uh political signs and Mm -hmm. refer to cook county where chicago is as crook county and our governor sucks signs and you know free kankakee county and you know all this stuff and it's like and like freedom is essential signs and i'm like they're not taking away your guns they're not taking away your right to freedom of speech they're not taking away your right to vote like the president is a republican you would think like imagine if this had happened during uh president obama's administration Right. The country would burn because a Democrat is doing this. But even when a Republican president is in office, it's still an issue, which just blows my mind. Well, I think that there's a there was a lot of division even when Trump was elected that uh, that it was split amongst the Republicans. You know, oh, that doesn't stop them from putting up uh, make Kankakee County Trump country again. Yeah. signs all over the place and i'm just like i i I don't like you can have your political opinions that's that's your right no one's taking that right away from you but just wear a mask when you go into the grocery store it's not hard it's really not you're in there for what tops 45 minutes if you have to wait in line just wear a mask mm-hmm. that's all you gotta do then you get back to your car you take it off and your precious oxygen comes rushing back into your lungs because guess what? When you have a mask on, Mitch, you can't breathe oxygen. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I, I wear them eight hours a day. I get it. I just it it, so. it I just I it it fundamentally I cannot understand the arguments that people make that think that masks are evil and that the government is trying to turn into communists and, and like. It's all right to breathe oxygen. You can still breathe oxygen with the mask yeah. on very easily. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have if you have like lung capacity it, health issues, that's a different story, completely, right? But for the majority of people, wearing a mask is nothing more than a slight inconvenience, right? And I have a beard, and the only time my beard ever itches. Is when I wear a mask and it's annoying, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I my get face itches. It doesn't matter. I wear the mask because it's the right thing to do. And will I gladly get rid of my mask once this thing, if ever, goes away? Yeah. And guess what? I'll like hugging people and I'll like high-fiving again and I'll like going to a college football game or a basketball game. I will love all of those things more so than I did before. Mm-hmm. But right now, I will wear a mask. So it does seem to be falling along political lines. Seems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It Come is down, falling Mitch. along political lines. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be diplomatic. But uh, oh, so the question is, 
and you can you can absolve yourself from this question if you want but uh what what uh just for the listeners maybe where do we fall politically i'm moderate moderate uh, i i for the longest time really found myself more leaning towards libertarian um ideals the problem that i've had with it recently and i'll be quite honest with you i there you know there's only like one real issue i have with the libertarian party but the concept behind the the libertarian views is that um everyone should have the right to do what they want to do as long as they don't hurt anyone else um that's uh, that's how freedom is defined as far as a libertarian party is concerned how, does, how how is harm or hurting someone else defined that that is where like i take exception with them on a on a couple of things like, or at that, least that's one that's like the most particular thing post postmodern view of life right mhm you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm somebody else and that's so that falls apart logically when you determine that no one has a moral compass and that that's what I was going to say is that with with all the covid stuff and just just asking somebody to wear a mask to protect somebody else you know has become such a such a problem you know when the the truth is is that the ideal that the libertarian party has or or this concept of liberty has is that people are willing willing to be responsible for what they do and responsible for the actions that that they that they do you know so obviously when we look at it we, you know everybody most people at least have a concept that murdering someone else is infringing on somebody else's um rights we you know i don't think we're going to get too many arguments there but uh but as far as wearing a mask you know I'm not going to I'm not going to be melodramatic about it and say, well, you know, you're you're murdering somebody else by by, you know, potentially murdering somebody else by not wearing a mask. I think, you know, that's I don't think that that argument holds up. But uh, but I will say that you're certainly not showing care and respect and in some cases love for your fellow people by putting yourself before them. Yeah, but that's a big ask for a lot of people in the. So I'll take it a step beyond politics and talk about religion because if we're talking about mm -hmm. the P, we might as well talk about the R, right? And the thing that frustrates me the most about this is when I hear people that claim to be Christians, I don't know them, you know, so whatever. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, judge or, you know, say yay or nay on, on what they actually believe. But when people say that, you know, we have a God-given right to – uh to oxygen and God made our bodies to breathe and, you know, and it's, it's, it's inhumane and it's, <clears throat> you know, using, using whatever, you know, religious defense they can think of to tell, talk about why masks are evil and the tool of the devil and that, that Fauci guy, he's a Jesuit and they're trying to like, well, that, that means he's Catholic and that means he believes in God too. So, you know, you're on the same side, but Hey, let's, let's not, you know, split hairs here. Um, Using using the Bible and using their, you know, quote unquote, Christian beliefs to defend not wearing a mask and putting public health at risk is ludicrous because guess what wearing a mask is? It's a moment where you get to have a little bit of self-sacrifice. I don't like wearing them. They're not fun. They make my beard itch. It is, you know, not ideal, right? None of us want to wear them. I get it. 
but you know, the concept of self-sacrifice is, uh, I don't know, something that God taught us through the life of Jesus and his death on the cross, right? Sacrificing himself so that while we were his enemies, not his friends, not his buddies, not his, you know, little gang, his enemies, people that were actively hostile towards him, he sacrificed his son in the most brutal way who was murdered for us so that we could be reconciled. And you're not going to wear a mask for 45 minutes because it's uncomfortable and you have the right to breathe oxygen. Mm -hmm. Like, are we reading the same Bible? Are we talking about the same belief system? Are we talking about the same God? Because it seems to me that they're using one flawed logic in every possible way Mm -hmm. to not wear a mask, to be slightly inconvenienced when they go to the grocery store. It's, 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 it is so selfish. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I hear that and I get so angry and I texted you this yesterday. I was listening to that podcast. I was like, I had to stop it and walk away because I was ready to throw my phone through the window because it is, it's, it's logic is out the window. And this, this goes into what I think we're going to talk about next about why people will willingly be wrong to fit in. And I know it's true. I know it's true, but it just, it blows my mind that we're that broken. Yeah. And I think you have to, you have to go in and listen to the, the explanation on this podcast to, to get it. It's uh you're not so smart. Uh, you're not so smart podcast. They did a podcast. Oh, maybe a few weeks ago, a month ago or so on uh, mask wearing. And uh, this is really before a lot of the states started making it mandatory. And the whole first, uh, I want to say almost first half hour of it is, uh, is um, clips of people yelling about what, why they don't wear masks. And uh, I think it's from um, some protests that, that were, uh, were going well, on around the country. Some of it was protests, but some of it was like town hall meetings. And they're like yelling yeah. at their congressman and state representative, calling them communists mm-hmm. and evil. And like, I, I, I dare someone listen to that podcast and find one of those arguments that makes any sort of logical sense. Yeah. So what they talked about really early on in that podcast was the idea of tribalism and, and the fact that, you know, we will side with the tribe that we, that we quote unquote belong to, even in the face of being just irreparably wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that this mask thing really does kind of pull that out. You know, I, for me, you know, years ago, I, I identified as a Republican and I listened to Rush Limbaugh every day. Um, I'd listened to Sean Hannity a little bit here and there and I watched Fox news and I, I just, I got myself so engrossed in this whole concept of, Oh, the Republicans got everything right. Every, you know, and then, I would listen to some of my tech podcasts and a lot of them, you know, were more on the liberal side and I would hear some of the stuff that they would say were, um, attacking, um, liberals almost matter of factly. Like it's just, Hey, everybody believes this, you know, liberals are crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, conservatives are crazy. So liberals are a little bit crazy, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, but, uh, 
but this whole idea of like, I don't, I don't even care if I'm right. As long as someone like Rush Limbaugh can make an argument for it, then that's got to be right, you know, because I'm a Republican. And that is such a flawed way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what? You know, someone like Rush, someone like Trump, someone, you know, you can talk about people on, you know, Biden. Let's talk. We could we could throw him in. A, none of them are 100 percent right all the time. You know, they're just as human as we are. So, you know, for us to latch on to any kind of movement or any kind of tribalism, it is important to belong. I get it. But you got to pick who you belong to a lot better, you know, in, in those cases, because they they are not, especially as Christians, um, I I find myself, as I'm getting older and older, to cling more towards, you know, what does the Bible actually say about things? You know, and I think that we've been really blessed to have a pastor at our church and to have a church that really strongly looks at, you know, what does the Bible actually say and and dictate our doctrine on that instead of, hey, I've got a, and nobody does this um, consciously, I don't think, but you know, so oftentimes when you look at some of the denominations and and uh, some of the religions that have cropped up around um, around the world, there and I'm talking Christian, you know, or quote unquote Christian religions that they've glommed onto an idea and then tried to fit the Bible into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I did it for a long time. You know. We would, I would listen to stuff, uh, stuff on the radio, not, not political stuff, but I was a huge, huge into coast to coast AM because I worked overnights for a long time. So I'd listen to Art Bell and all the crazy aliens and, you know, ghosts and all this, all this craziness. And my thought at the time was, well, there's real science behind this stuff. So how does that fit into the Bible? And I realized, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so. You know, I'm looking at this totally backwards. How does the Bible fit into this? You know, does does the Bible make sense? And and if it doesn't, the Bible doesn't support this idea, then we need to be siding with the Bible instead of, let's say, science or um or religion for that matter. If your religion doesn't doesn't you know, support what the Bible says, then you need a new religion, you know? Um, And getting back to the mask thing, it's just, just, you know, there's a right here and there's a wrong. And it doesn't matter what you, what tribe you belong to. You, you need to understand what's right and what's wrong and do the right thing. I don't know where else to go with that, but that that's just. Well, but the problem is, is that the people that are staunchly anti-mask think that they are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is as simple as saying do the right thing is because, you know, that's what we think, you know, right. But like they, they genuinely believe they are right and that we're the crazy ones. And mm-hmm. the the issue, I think, if we can, if we can step out a bit is it, this comes down to identity, right? You you know, who am I? And oftentimes that gets filtered with, well, who do I belong with? And so that's this, this tribal mentality. And the, and the problem with 
getting your identity from a political group or a worldview that is heavily influenced by a political view, right, means that you have to toe the party line and that your identity will shift based on how that political group or that worldview shifts over time. Like nobody can look at the Republican Party, the Democrat Party now and look at them in the 1920s and say they're the same. It's been 100 years. They've shifted what they believe in, how strongly they believe in certain things, right? And so when things shift, when you're, when the thing that you base your identity on shifts, whether it's politics or a sports team or where you're from or the color of your skin or all of these different places that people can derive their identity from, how much money you make, how pretty your spouse is, how pretty you are, right? How, how skinny you are, how muscular you are, all these things that are going to are bound to shift over time. If you build your identity on those things and those things change or are taken away from you, you've, you've built your house right on the sand, like the, the, the story in the Bible, right? The storm comes mm-hmm. and, the, and the person who built their house on the sand, their house is destroyed. But the person who built their house on the rock on a firm foundation, their house survives the storm. And so for us as Christians, we are told over and over again what our identity is and who our identity is derived from. And that is we are sons and daughters of God and our identity comes from God. We are made in his image. He is the one that self-sacrificed to save us while we were his enemies so that we can be brought in and be part of his family forever. And so that is something that is never going to change. It is never going to shift. It's never going to be taken away from us. It's never going to go anywhere. We don't have to worry about our identity being contorted or twisted or taken away from us by outside forces. Our identity is secure for eternity. And so that's the fundamental issue I see here with this masks thing, which is just, it's a symptom of a deeper problem, which is where our identity comes from. And Mm -hmm. people will do crazy things to hold on to their identity, but we don't need to do that because if our identity is as a son or a daughter of God, we don't have to worry about clinging onto our identity as if it's going to go somewhere. So that, I mean, that to me is the fundamental issue here. And we're seeing it crop up with the masks, with, um, you know, all of the, all of the people that are like pushing back against Black Lives Matter. Like I saw, I, I literally saw this on a truck the other day and I wanted to cry. It was a white kid in a giant, loud, noisy pickup truck lifted like two feet off the ground. And it said, lifted trucks matter. And hmm. I was just like, how, how, how you, you, you believe in that so strongly that you're going to put that, that it was like a, it took up the entire back window of his pickup truck bed. Like Mm -hmm. you are so, you are so twisted in your thinking that you thought that was a good choice of money to put on your car and project that into the world. And what's sadder is he probably thinks it's funny. That's exactly right, Mitch. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it just makes me sad. I was going to add about halfway through what you were saying and you kind of, kind of moved away from it a little bit. But the other thing that I've noticed just overall, like I, you know, working in a corporate culture that like I do, you see a clear division between people who are willing to submit themselves to an authority and people who rage against the authority 
And it's almost, it's, it's almost one of those things where there's not a lot of people in the middle. You know, you're, you're either willing to say, you know what, Hey, they want us to wear a mask. They say it's protecting us. Yeah. I know. I've heard that, that, uh, that maybe it doesn't affect or doesn't protect us a hundred percent, but you know, it's, it's still a good thing to do, you know? So I'm going to do that since I've been told that I should. And then the flip side of that, where you have people that are that are yelling, you're taking away my rights. You I can't breathe in this mask. I'll be honest oh, with you, man. Sorry, I can't breathe in I can't breathe in these masks either. You know, I grew up with asthma, so my lungs are not a hundred percent. I have to take the mask off periodically just to kind of get a little bit of fresh air again. Mm-hmm. But and and you know, I'm I'm in a little bit different situation than you are. I mean, you, when you leave the house, you got to put one on, but you know, every, you know, 40 hours a week, I'm working with a mask on. Yeah. And, and so for me, you know, I've got to take that time to remove the mask, you know, periodically, especially when I'm working harder, there is a, a good video. I gotta, I gotta find the, uh, the, the video and I'll put it into show notes, but oddly it was in the show notes for last week's episode so you can go to that one but there's a really good video that broke down like some of the arguments and the fallacies that that people are are uh ascribing in our culture right now with mask wearing the first one is the funniest one (laughs) well if the if my if my jeans don't stop a fart how's the how's my (laughs) um covid Oh my gosh! That's, that's oh. literally the first the first myth that he debunks. That's so funny! Oh my and, gosh! And, and it is funny, but it's sad at the same time. Yeah. So, so real quick, I just want to follow yeah. up on one thing, and then maybe we can move on to the next uh, topic because I think we've sure we've we've established what we think on this one. Um, <laughs> we beat this one to death, as they say. Yeah. In the in that you're not so smart podcast episode, one of the clips that he plays is it's it's a group of people. I can't remember if they're in Florida or um, somewhere else. Um, but these people are literally. This is one of the protest clips. They're walking down the street, screaming or chanting, "We can't breathe! We can't breathe! We can't breathe!" And I want to be like. Do you know what George Floyd was telling the police officer when he had his knee on his neck? Yeah. And you're really going to say that exact same thing in defense of not wearing a mask right now. Like that's what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And I guarantee you that crowd was mostly, if not all white people. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll, and I'll tell you, and I had that thought when I heard that as well. Yeah. It was the first thing that came to my mind. And my wife and I were out doing some shopping and we, we walked past a, uh, a window of a store and they had some masks hanging in the window and one of the masks says um i can't breathe and i looked at her and i was like oh that's kind of fun and and then all of a sudden i just stopped and i was like oh yeah no that's actually not that funny no it's, <laughs> and i it's, and we kept moving on it's but like they're chanting this i'm like how how culturally deaf are you right that you're gonna you're that's what you're gonna say right now in defense of not wearing a mask when a man was just murdered by a police officer saying the same thing, trying to protect his own life. It just, it's, it is like the level of, uh, what's the word here? Ignorance. Is yeah, I was so going to suggest ignorance. Yeah. Is, 
I was thinking other things, but ignorance, I think, is accurate. I, I didn't want to be mean. I want to be mean, but I chose not to be. Um, yep. It's just it's it's baffling, just baffling to me. But hey, now you know where I stand. <laughs> yep, yep, and I, I we both agree uh, on this. You know, and and quite honestly, like having to wear a mask as much as I do, man, it it is not easy. And it is not fun. And, you know, when when I'm unloading a truck at night and we, you know, we're unloading, basically we have to hand unload the entire truck. You know, you're working like that. Your your pulse is going up. Your breathing's becoming more labored. I mean, it is not fun at all to have to have a mask on through that. And, you know, and I I allow my guys and I do myself, you know, pull the mask off for, for a minute or two, get some fresh air. And then, and then throw it back on and get back to work. You know, it, it's just something we've had to m- modify our the way we work a little bit to accommodate that. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I wanted to talk about what's going to probably be the tech story of the year this year. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much there really is to say about it that hasn't been said already. I've got it in the show notes as Apple versus Epic. What happened, um, just briefly, is uh, is Epic. They have a game Fortnite that's in that's in the uh, the iPhone and iPad app stores, and they decided to do something that when I first saw it, I thought, "Hmm, this is going to be interesting." They're taking an opportunity, is what they're doing. Uh, because Apple's showing a little bit of weakness with their App Store policies, um, with the antitrust investigations and stuff like that that are going on. And they threw a link into their app, into Fortnite, that allowed people to purchase V-Bucks, which is their currency in, in, the, uh, in the game, for a lower price on their website versus um, buying them through the, the App Store or through Apple's payment system, which Apple gets 30% of, if they buy through the uh, through Epic's website, they don't uh, take the 30% of that. Um, basically, this is against App Store policies, and it's been interesting to see how this is this has blown up over the last uh, week, week and a half that this is this has been going on. There is a lawsuit that that Epic uh, filed against Apple for this on um, the Apple, same day that they did this. This right. No, they, so, this was so premeditated. They knew. Yeah, yeah they knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some debate as to whether or not they, they realized that Apple would uh, would come back with basically we're going to pull your developer count and you will not have access to any of the developer tools that are available um, on the App Store. Uh, which is um, I've heard uh, referred to as thermonuclear war uh, against <laughs> Epic, um, which is a callback. But uh, but b- basically, Apple's not messing around. They're like, you know, if you're going to pull this crap, we're not we're not going to take it lying down. We're going to shut you out. Mm-hmm. So, having said all that, so that the listeners kind of understand what's going on, how do you feel about this? Oh, I honestly, Mitch, I don't care. This is two massive companies, one hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, one trillions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy that doesn't involve body parts to compare. Um, Epic knew what they were doing and they're not innocent or, uh, you know, people are putting Epic up as like, oh, they're so valiant for standing up to evil Apple. And it's like Epic wants to do this so they can put their own app store on your phone Correct. and make more money off of you and not pay Apple the 30 percent. They're not they're not this white knight in shining armor. This is a money grab by both companies. The, I mean, the way Apple has the store set up is a money grab. Yeah, they provide the infrastructure. Yeah, that's not 30 percent of what Fortnite has paid them. Fortnite has paid them a bajillion dollars mm-hmm. from that 30% cut. That's way more than Apple needs to support Fortnite on the app store, right? And Epic is wanting to put their own app store on your phone and your iPad so they can make more money off of you. Like no one is innocent in this and I like am I interested in the whole antitrust thing? Yes. That that the bigger topic I'm interested in. Do I care? about Apple versus Epic in the micro sense? No, not really. It's it's two mega giant corporations fighting over money. Like I don't care who wins this particular case. I do care about the greater antitrust stuff that Apple and Google uh, are dealing with right now. That's more interesting to me. Yeah, so so obviously this this was done very opportunistically with these antitrust cases coming against apple and and google and others what should change in the app store i mean i i kind of i've been kind of battling with this over the last couple of weeks as i've been listening to a lot of my tech podcasts talk about this subject do they allow for sideloading of apps on on the uh, iphone and we'll just say iphone when i say iphone i mean ipad and every you know everything else that's affected here but uh but do they allow the the sideloading of apps? You know, do they lower the percentage that they're taking? You know, do they take fifteen percent versus versus thirty percent? You know, for for this stuff, maybe they change the way the 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 in app purchase structure is. Uh, maybe the in app purchases are fifteen percent because they are you know reoccurring and something like Fortnite, like you said, you know, the money that they're getting from Fortnite is way more than than the uh, dollar amount that they need to process all these transactions and and handle the business side of this and i don't i don't fault apple for wanting to make a profit on this either but do they need to make as much profit as they're making is is kind of i think where a lot of they're never going to make less than they can this right. they're not a they're not a non-for-profit company they're they're like right. the richest company on the planet for a reason like they want their money and they're going to get it and they're going to charge you for it. And people up to this point have been willing to pay. Um, I think from an end user perspective, nothing needs to change in the app store from a developer perspective. However, that's a completely different story. Um, I, I would honestly, one of, one of Epic's biggest arguments in their lawsuit is that Apple treats Macs differently than they treat their iOS devices. On a Mac, you mm-hmm. can download an app from a website. You don't have to go through the App Store. You have options, right? You can go through the App Store or you can go through a website. Apple is not offering that option on the iOS devices. And that's the crux of their argument is there's no reason that the iOS devices should be treated differently than a laptop or a desktop. They are computers. Now, the only difference is like on an iPad or iPhone, you know, it's a touchscreen. But 
why their argument is why should why why does Apple have the right to monopolize iOS devices when it already is proven through the Mac lineup that there can be a healthy second market for applications that aren't on the Mac App Store. And that's a really interesting question that I don't know how Apple's going to answer in their court uh, hearings. Why yeah. why is it why is it okay for them to do this on iOS devices but not on the Mac? And I think the answer is because if they tried to do it on the Mac, people would revolt, right? They would all right. move to Windows and they would lose money. So it's a it's a money issue. But because they started the iOS devices this way, they have precedent in that regard. There never was the option to sideload apps unless you jailbroke your phone, which was always, you know, anytime they update it, oh, guess what? Your phone doesn't work anymore because <laughs> yeah. they found the loophole you were using and they, and they closed it. Um, but it's never been possible before to do that um, in a legal or safe way. And so that I think is why I'm more interested in the general idea of this antitrust uh, stuff is, is Apple going to be forced to open up phones to a secondary or tertiary market? That's going to be really, really interesting because if that happens, it's going to fundamentally change your experience with your iOS devices. And it's going to become the wild, wild west, which yeah. is good, is great for competition, which is what we want mm -hmm. in a free market. Uh, not necessarily great for the end user experience. So Correct. it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I don't know one. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know how I feel about my iPhone and my iPad getting opened up to all sorts of stuff. Cause then you have to figure out like, okay, what developers really are trustworthy and which ones are not. And well, one of the things I have with the app store is peace of mind. Right. And I think that when, when you talk about that, you know, on the Mac, they, they have um, a notarization process and stuff like that, that, you know, if you're not being selling in the app store, the developers can be notarized so that you know that it's coming from a legitimate um, developer. Uh, so there, there is that the whole gatekeeper aspect on the Mac. Um, mm -hmm. I can see that coming over to um, the iPhone and the iPad um and and it's you know i don't own an android phone but a lot of the discussions that that they've that i've heard talked about recently is basically google has a, something similar on their phones right now where the the phone is for the most part locked to the google play uh store and if you want to sideload something that's not in the google play store It'll pop up warnings. It'll tell you it could damage your phone and all that, all that kind of stuff, but it'll let you do it, you know? And I kind of see that I can see Apple going that direction where gatekeeper pops in and says, Hey, you sure you want to download this? This is, this is from a third party developer that, that we don't know if we can trust. And I think I would guess that 90%, 80% of, uh, of users, on the iPhone, probably you're going to be like, Oh shoot, this could damage my phone. Oh crap. I better not download that. You know? And, and that's part of Epic's uh, argument with Fortnite is they, they did uh, start Fortnite outside of the Google play store and they couldn't get the traction um, without the Google play store that, that they have now uh, in the Google play store. 
So when you start talking about sideloading apps and, and all that kind of stuff with, uh, with iPhone, I think you're going to run into the same thing where there's still a value for these, these app developers to be in the app store. And as far as it becoming the wild West, I think you still got control over it. You're still going to have a pop-up that'll say, you know, Hey, this could damage your phone. Um, do you still want to download this and install it? I still think there's going to be control on it, but it, it'll open it up some so that like us nerds, if we want to go download an app that's not available in the app store for some reason, we can still do it and we can we can uh, brick our phones or whatever, you know, because we're nerds and we do stuff like that. We, we would have the ability to do that. And uh, I think that uh, there's an argument that Andy Anako makes on a regular basis that, hey, I paid $1,000 for this phone. I should be able to do with it what I want to. And I think that's a that's a legitimate, legitimate argument. So that's how I feel about it. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, Instagram updated recently. It's interesting. I, you and I both talked that we haven't really looked at the Instagram reels yet, but this is kind of a uh, TikTok competitor that they've built into the app to be able to do short video and, and stuff like it. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know much about TikTok. I feel like I'm too old for it. Yeah. Don't waste, don't waste your time. No. Okay. Uh, um, I did see, I did see on Instagram, oddly enough, that, uh, that Kanye is trying to start a Christian TikTok. Oh, so, <laughs> oh brother. Uh, give a crazy man some money. I tell you. Um, he doesn't have some money. He has, he has all the money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know what, if he does it and people like it, you know, more power to him. Uh, I have the choice. not. Why, to use why, it. why do Christians always have to take things and make a Christian version of them? Like Christian Netflix. There's one called pure flicks. Yep. Like why, why, why do we, why, why do they do that? And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, man, you know, there's a couple of angles on this. Well, it reminds me um, of like vegans making their food look like hamburgers and chicken. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You're, you don't eat, you don't eat animal meat or byproducts because you believe in the sanctity of animal life. Why do you want your non-animal meat to look like dead animals? Like right. it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So why, well, we don't want to watch Netflix because of all of that made for Netflix mature content that has naked ladies and sex scenes in it. But hey, we'll take that exact same concept and just make it a Christian version. It's the same thing, and it makes no sense to me. Can we agree that that a lot of the Christian stuff is terrible? Yeah. It, it, yes. Yes. Okay. yes. It's Thank it's you. not. It's 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 a it's bad knockoff of a better product, but it's like. The product that we don't like, but we're going to model our product off of the thing that we don't like. It just, oh, it's so frustrating. It it really reminds me of uh, Christian music um, back in like the late eighties, that or even in 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 the eighties in general, and probably before that, that it was all just terrible knockoffs of of popular um, secular bands, and it wasn't until um, probably the early nineties. I'm trying to remember my history a little bit when you started seeing bands like Rex records and uh, tooth and nail records. And uh, a lot of those that started coming out with like legitimately good, um, quote unquote Christian bands. Cause uh, you know, in hindsight, some of these bands were, were not, hmm, 
there's a lot of them that aren't following God anymore. I'll, I'll put it that way. And maybe the, maybe some of the content is a little bit questionable, but, um, but it had its role. You know, I, I, we were just talking, my pastor and I, about a band that we both really like that has uh, walked away from God recently, or not recently, it's within the last several years, uh, has walked away from God, still making great music, but, but is not, is not uh, a band that we can really support as a Christian band anymore. So, but anyway, um, back to the Instagram app. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love our little deviations. They're good. They're, it's good stuff. But, but as far, as far as the, the new update, I think um, one of the things that's really bothering me, the, the feed, I can flip through my feed and, and before you would flip through your feed and you'd come to that point where it said, Hey, you're all caught up or you're all up to date. Awesome. But then you could kind of slide through and find some of your old, the older posts that you, uh, that you maybe enjoyed before. Um, I'll admit I didn't really do that a whole lot, but every once in a while, there'd be one that I wanted to look back at. Um, the problem is that they've changed that behavior. So now what happens is you get down to the bottom of your new posts and it says, Hey, you're up to date. And then there's a link view older posts. So you can still view older posts if you want to, but the default um, view now will take you to related content. So here's stuff that we think you would like that, that is that are from people you don't follow. I haven't dived into this a lot to find out if um if there's anything that uh, as as a couple of christian males we need to worry about but for the most part the little bit that i did look at is you know i I found a couple of uh of interesting you know people that i decided to follow you know because i i enjoyed the stuff that they were posting but i kind of miss my uh my just view older posts and just being able to just scroll through. And maybe it's just because I'm old and I don't like change, but <laughs> how far down are you scrolling? To? I've never seen either of those view older posts or those new related content one. Well, how often do you go into Instagram? Probably every day, but I don't do scroll you, that much. I like, do you check follow it. like a gazillion people or no? I okay. Follow, Cause I follow 128 accounts. Which I think you is and I, you and I have two different Instagrams. I think because <laughs> because you you go ahead and talk about the what the thing that you were complaining about to me before the oh, we started so the at the top of at the top where they have you know the little story circles. It used to be just there was one row and you would sl- swipe to the right you know to see more. Now mine is two rows of three circles each. So I've got this. It's literally taking up an inch and a half or two inches on my screen of six circles in two rows of three that I have to slide through. And it's like, did they just steal the new uh, iPhone messages um, styling? You know, not that Instagram ever steals anyone else's ideas ever. Oh, never. Um, no. But you don't have Let's that. Let's not on your talk phone. about stories or reels there. Yeah. But you don't have that on your phone. And I'm jealous because I want the old one back. Yeah. And the, and to be clear, the only difference between you and I's phone is that you have the iPhone 11 and I have the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Which is ironic because so, you have way more screen space on your phone. So I should be the one with the single yeah. row and you should be the one with the double. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> totally makes sense. So I don't know. And we're both on the latest beta. So that doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, um, mine came we're both mine running came a while ago. That change. Yeah, we're we're both running the same version of Instagram. So who knows what's going on here? They A B test a lot of stuff, which I don't know how they do. Yeah. From like an actual like how can it be the same update, but I have a different interface than you do. Like that's hmm. I'd love to know how that works. I'm not a developer, so I don't know. But yeah. But uh but yeah, it's it's just it's just weird. So you have anything else to say about Instagram? No, not really. It's you know it's, it's a fun one, little time suck, but it's it's the one social app that I actually check. Um you know. So, so. I I will make a comment. I I haven't seen anything expressly. I know that uh that there's been talk about they're that they're taking Facebook and and Instagram messengers like your messages and combining them into the message app. I have I have been really suspicious that they're starting to do that with the feeds too. Because I'm I'm seeing feed I'm seeing um stuff from people that I don't remember following in Instagram, but I know are on my Facebook. Oh, that's weird. Is it like a suggested follow? Uh, not really. So, so one of them, my brother-in-law, um, uh, he performs down in Nashville quite a bit and he's been, he's been posting a bunch of stuff on Facebook and he primarily does his stuff on Facebook, mm-hmm. but sudden, just out of nowhere, one day, whole bunch of stuff on, on Instagram. And it's and it's basically one to a one to one copy from what he's doing on Facebook, or at least that's what it seems like to me. Now I could I could probably call him and be like, "Hey, have you been posting stuff on Instagram, or am I just seeing you?" Well, you can dual post. Like when you're adding stuff, you can say like, "Oh, put this on my Facebook story too, or add this to my Facebook page too." So hmm. it might be that he's doing that. All right. Well, it's weird. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. I don't want to. I don't want to pay attention to my uh, my Facebook. That's why I don't go to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've beat our topics to death for today. Uh, what's delighting you, Cam? Um. Hmm. Did I catch you off guard? No, I just I haven't had an answer. My last answer was beauty. That was very broad. So let's think of something specific, Mitch. Can I tell you that I I thought I should totally mess with Cam this week and just come on and be like, you know, Cam, what's really delighting me right now is beauty. (laughs) (laughs) And I would have said, good, you're you're uh, you're living a better life now, Mitch. pretty much because like you went into your your explanation last week and i'm just i'm just sitting here thinking gosh anything i pick right now is gonna sound (laughs) terrible next to that i'm really enjoying my rocky road ice cream (laughs) (laughs) i'm like like, so if if i say right now that uh you know i bought a new hat that i really like um it's it's just going to sound like like terrible next to beauty. Yeah. So anyway, well, 
<laughs> I won't do that to you this week. Um, right. Sounds good. What is delighting me right now? Um, I mentioned this last time, and I'll take it. Uh, I mentioned it as an option, but uh, I bought a bass guitar like, I don't know, a month ago at this point. Um, I've been playing for a long time. Not a long time. Like, I don't know, a year and a half. But I've been using other people's. Um, and I finally decided, you know what? I should get my own. So I got a five-string Jackson bass. And it's a nice, uh, it's got a nice, like, dark walnut stain on the body. And it sounds good. And it plays good. And it makes me happy. Because you can get pretty funky with a bass, Mitch. And I enjoy that. And do you know that I play bass? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I picked it up after I graduated from high school. Um, I have a old CF Martin Stinger uh, mm. bass that I bought from a brought from a guy that um it has dubious uh <laughs> dubious history. Um, all he would tell me was, "Hey, I grabbed it at a barn dance." Oh boy. Apparently, the story that I found out later on was the barn dance was actually busted. It was, uh, it was, they were busted for, um, underage drinking. And the band that was playing at the barn dance, like, dropped everything and ran. And, uh, and that bass was left behind. And somebody snapped it up and decided to sell it for drug money. So, so did you, <laughs> yikes. Did you name your Did you name your base Kirk Cameron since it was left behind? I did not. Oh, no, it's a missed that's opportunity. Too. <laughs> no, I pretty much name all of my all of my bases Lucy. So I really like that name. So not Lucille. I'm not BB King, but uh, I do true. like Lucy. So, what's delighting you? I was going to say before we got off the base thing that uh, my dream is to get a uh, a Rickenbacker. Interesting. One of my buddies back in Kansas has a Rickenbacker base. He loves it. They're ridiculously expensive, but man, they are pretty and they sound amazing. Yeah, I See, like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of how they sound. Yeah. Well, it's all right. You're you're allowed to be wrong. So. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> What's delighting me right now? I didn't, I, you know, I don't do a very good job of preparing uh, for this stuff. Um, you know, I I don't think I want to talk about that yet because I don't have it yet. There's two things that are delighting me right now that I don't own yet. Um, so I think I'm gonna, <laughs> how can I'm they gonna be go, delighting you? Off. Because the, the idea of having one delights uh, me. What's delighting me? New England clam chowder? Uh, you know, no, not really. Mm. Um, I, had, I, I, I had think that for you. so. We talked about masks earlier, and I I have struggled for months now to find masks that actually fit me well i'm a big guy not like a fat guy but i'm, I'm <laughs> i got a big head probably in more than ways than one depending on who you ask but, <laughs> but i require a large mask 
my wife purchased some uh, some of these Hanes uh, t-shirt material type masks mm-hmm. that she wears to work. And she's like, here, try this on. See if it fits you. I got it over one ear in my face and like it was barely making it to the other ear. Basically, it it like folded my ears down and it was it was terrible. You know, if I was going to wear it right, it just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. So I tried a bunch of things. I, I grabbed some of these neck gaiter style masks mm-hmm. and was wearing those, which apparently the CDC now says are not just ineffective, but actually detrimental. Um, we can talk about that, but I, um, but you can read the CDC article on it too, but, and I only know that because my work is now saying that we can't wear those. Um, but anyway, but I grabbed a bunch of those and tried those, but they were just hot. Yeah. You know, they, they go down around your neck and up, up across your face and, uh, and they, they just get hot. And so like, I'm just looking for anything that's going to work. And, uh, and I've got, I've got some things that, that I really wanted to, uh, to try, but, uh, but, you know, it was either, man, I don't know if that's, that's going to fit me or I don't know if it's going to be comfortable. Uh, because quite honestly, you run into two things with these masks. Um, one, I wear glasses, so I need something that, that won't fog my glasses up. You can treat your glasses to to do that, but you know it's it's not it's not hard to put like a wire um in the around the nose piece to to just clip it down and that that works so you don't need to have that built into the uh the mask you can add that to the mask, which I've done but the loops around the ears are the next thing you know if you've got the style that loop around the ears um if it's a the wrong type of material it just chafes the back of your ears, something terrible just rubs. And, you know, I kind of hope that I'd build would build up a callus to it and it just never really, you know, it just hurt. And, and I would, I, after a couple hours of wearing them, they would just hurt. I played around with a lot of different ideas and, and I did find some masks on Amazon that I thought, you know, I could order a three pack of those, but it was 25 bucks for the three pack. And when I uh, suggested that to the CFO in the house here, um, <laughs> she, uh, she kind of looked at me and was like, um, you know, we should probably wait and just see, you know, and I respect that, that, you know, we probably should. And so, so I waited and um, no joke, there were $25 for a three pack of these masks. So, I popped into the Amazon app about, was it a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago now? Probably about two weeks ago now. They're a type of mask that's made by Casemate. Um, they're called SafeMate. If you go on uh, you go on Amazon and you search for face mask or like black face mask or something like that, they'll they'll pop up. They'll they they're an Amazon editor pick and whatever. They're they're nice masks. The masks themselves are like a t-shirt material. They have a thicker a loop that goes around the ear that's more comfortable to wear. Plus, they've got an elastic band that goes behind the head to kind of take some of the pressure off your ears. So it's, it's a nice mask. So 25 bucks seemed reasonable. But I popped on to Amazon one Sunday night, and I was looking, and no joke, Cam, they were $5. Oh, wow. I was and expecting I'm, the opposite. I was expecting the price to go up. 
No, they were $5 for a three pack. I don't know if somebody screwed up somewhere, but I jumped all over this. And so I ordered two packs. So I've got six masks. So I got, I'm able to rotate them because, you know, when you wear them as much as, as much as I do, you, you've got to have more than a, a couple because they've got to be washed in between usage. And quite honestly, I usually take two of them to work with me um, because sometimes, you know, after part of the day, they just kind of get gross from the, from the water vapor coming, coming out, coming out of your breath. They'll just get a little gross. So sometimes it's nice to be able to, to trade them out for a clean mask or like happened the other day to me, I, had something on my finger like i had some barbecue sauce on my finger and forgot i was wearing a mask and poked the mask with thinking i was gonna <laughs> lick my finger off so <clears throat> that's a thing but uh but what really delighted me was not so much buying these masks these masks are working really well for me because i was able to get an extra large size that was plenty big but the fact that i got them for five bucks for a three pack super delighted me it made it got me really excited so i thought I'll throw that in for to uh, what's delighting me uh, this week because uh, because we talked about the masks earlier and this was just uh, one of the best solutions I've I've had for this because some of those masks just I'm telling you you wear them for more than about a half an hour or hour and they're just ridiculous to to try and wear these uh, they call them SafeMate um, they have the SafeMate branding on them these masks were absolutely perfect and i can wear them for you know extended periods of time a good indication of of uh the fact that they're comfortable as i as i poked one with a barbecue finger that you forget that you have them on so you know the fact that i can forget that i have a mask on means that the mask is comfortable so so yeah safe mate three pack of black masks uh, is what delighted me this last couple of weeks. Nice. I did want to talk about the 27 inch iMac because that delights me, but I almost prefer to wait until I have one. If I, if I'm going to buy one and, and the other thing was, uh, are you, you said you're not really super into star Wars or you're, uh, you're not into the books, at least. No, I mean, I read some of them when I was a lot younger, but that was, you know, elementary school, middle school. So on September 1st, uh, the new Thrawn book comes out, uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. Um, it's That's the a start lot of, of things the, going the up. Hit, right? This is the third trilogy um, that... Uh, of the Thrawn books, uh, second trilogy that's that's current current canon. But I saw something on Instagram. Um, I'm bringing this around now. Um, I saw something on Instagram that uh, that they the first thousand copies, um, the first printing is going to have the blue edges on the pages, and so it'll be a, basically a collector's item. Well, normally I wouldn't buy the book in print, but. I'm like, oh, I got to jump on this because this this would be a cool collector's edition since they're doing something special for the first printing of this book. So I pre-ordered that and should have actually I should have that before we record again. So I think our next uh, our next uh, recording should be that first Saturday in September, if my math is right. <laughs> so, I think you are correct, sir. 
So maybe I'll be really delighted with that. We'll see. <laughs> I just realized something. I was looking up at the show document on my computer here. Mm-hmm. And the word nerd is in inner dialogue if it's all one word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I love it. Yeah. Totally planned that. Yep. yep, You betcha. I figured. If you want to check out more uh, from Cam and I, uh, you can check out innerdialogue.show, which does have nerd in the title. And if you want to send us any questions, comments, um, anything that you uh, want to let us know about, uh, maybe we got it wrong during the episode and you want to correct us, which uh, happens because we're people, you can contact me on Twitter, at Mitch Craig. Uh, that's M-I-T-C-H-C-R-A-I-G. And Cam, you want to shout out your Twitter handle? Cam Brennan. C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. Nice. I don't know why I use that voice, but it felt right. Dude, you can use your you can use that radio voice where you uh you snuggle right up to the <gasps> microphone and you All drop right. the voice. And I used to do that. Okay, side story, because this is funny. We we've kind of we had almost a little bit of an after show last week, which I thought was kind of funny. Or the last episode when we were talking about the chess stuff. Um <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, get... Mitch. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the chess stuff. Still mad about it. Still. But uh, but when I when I used to do this in the radio where I would get, get right up to the microphone and get all low and bassy. So I used to do a show on the radio where we, it was kind of a buy-sell trade show. But one of the things that I really hated about the show was that it, that it literally, someone would call in and give me three items that they wanted to sell and a phone number. And then I would say, all right, well, if you would like to buy the this or this or this, call this guy at, you know, whatever the phone number was. And that was basically the whole hour was like that. And riveting. Yeah. If you pick up anything for me, like I get I'll get bored with stuff really easy. And so I need to like jazz it up and have fun with it. And so. I started I started a thing where I I started making some of our regular callers kind of uh like personalities on the show. You know, I would let the, I would give them a little bit more airtime um so that they could, you know, maybe I would goof with them about something or whatever. Well, there was this lady Jane that used to call into the show. And she for some reason could always get in as my second caller of the show. And so First off, I started calling her my number two, which the audience thought was hilarious. A poop joke. Yeah, a little poop joke there. Um, and then, <laughs> and then she would she called up one day, and I have this funny thing that if I'm not feeling terribly well, it and and, and I got some throat stuff going on, it drops my voice a little lower. And so she she calls up one day. And she gives me all her items and she says, you know, Mitch, she's like, she's like, are you feeling okay? Cause your voice, cause they got to know this about me. She's like, your voice sounds a little lower today. And I was like, well, it's funny you say that, you know, I am, I'm not feeling terribly well. And I, the, um, got some allergies and stuff like that. And she's like, well, you sound amazing on the air right now. <laughs> and so I leaned into the mic and I was like, well, hello, Jane. And she, she's like, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. 
That's probably one of my funniest gags that I ever did on the air with her because that became kind of a running gag for her when she would call up. I would just lean into the microphone and be like, hello, Jane. And she's like, oh, gosh, I can't tell I can't talk about my items now because I'm all flustered. <laughs> so. And then, and then, of course, um, there was a uh, rumor going around town because we live in a small town here, so people talk. There was a rumor going around town that her and I were having an affair after that, too, which was, you know, I went over to her house three times for, for uh, like, garage sales and stuff like that. My wife was with me every time, so, and there was nothing hanky going on, I promise. All right. Well, I think that's that's enough for the after show, huh? <laughs> sure. All right, man. Well, uh, we will talk in a couple of weeks here. Again, innerdialogue.show. If uh, you'd like to check us out or uh, catch us on Twitter, uh, I'm at Mitch Craig. Cam is at Cam Brennan. We keep it easy. And we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye, Cam. Goodbye, Jane. Ooh.